definitely human. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Monster Hunters Series 2. Episode 1, They Stole Lorimer's Brain. And this is the place? That's right, Roy. Through this fire exit is the nest of a vast ring of dancing succubi. Imagine it, Roy. Beautiful women just waiting to dance with unsuspecting men. Dance them to death. Beautiful dancing ladies. What are we waiting for? Yes, but you were listening to me when I said they were deadly. Well, that'll make two of us. You've not seen my moves. Roy, I want you to wear these glasses. Will they make me look cooler? No, but they will help you see these ladies as they truly are. Now, if I can just open this fire door... Oh, crumbs. Why don't they have door handles on the outside? Stand back, Lorimer. What are you going to do? I'm broke, remember? This is how I usually get into clubs. One, two, three... <laughs> everyone stay perfectly still and back away from those ladies. Uh, there's no need to panic, everyone. Just you and my sisters. Why don't you relax? Join us for a dance. Well, my dear, if you insist. Uh, Roy. Although I must warn you, I'm a demon on the dance floor. So am I. Roy, put the glasses on. What? Oh, yes. Godmothers. I've heard of snakeskin wraps, but this is ridiculous. Oh, well. It was fun while it lasted. Watch out for her legs. She's going for a kick. Oh, unhand me, madam. Let go. Right, just keep those boots away from me. This is my last velvet suit. Ruin this and there'll be heel to pay. Hi. (coughs) On down. Hold on, Lorimer. I'm coming. Hurry, I'm feeling weak. (coughs) Thanks. Here, take this. What have we got these mirrors for? My hair's fine. Aim them at the succubi. Now! Where did they go? They're trapped in our mirrors, Roy. Oh, really? Give them to me. Thank you. What did you do that for? It's seven years bad luck. The only way to kill a succubus. Trap it in a mirror, then smash it. Hang on a minute, Lorimer. Look over there. What is it? If I'm right, it looks like a bottle of Bollinger. Quick, get some glasses. Um, I don't think we should... Never mind. Ah, this is living. A bottle of champagne, a club to ourselves. Here's to the monster hunters. Put the needle on that record, will you, fella? Take two elements, any two elements, say electricity and water, on their own, perfectly harmless. But when you mix them together, maybe in a bowl... 
dynamite. Roy Steele, the ancient Mayan word for fist. And Lorimer Chesterfield, his knowledge can fell an ox. My name is Sir Maxwell House. I took those two elements and, like some kind of scientific blacksmith, I forged them together. Forged them into a team that would look danger in the eye and bring it down with the knowledge of a man and the fist of a man. They are the Monster Hunters. Yes? Professor Wilde to see you, Colonel. Show him in, Sandy. Uh... It's a woman, sir. Yes. Well, show him in as well. Her, sir. That's right. Good morning. Quiet. You probably didn't appreciate that. Not enough drums or long hair. But the melody, the contrapuntal... Beautiful. Genopody number three, isn't it? I'm impressed. You may go. Really? I only just got here. Not you. The pianist. Now, and leave your instrument. It's government property. Pianist, Tuesday. A little indulgence of mine. I think the taxpayer can allow me my foibles in return for letting them sleep soundly in their beds. Impressive view. I beg your pardon? Out of your window. You must be able to see the whole of London. No, you can't. There is no window and you can't see the whole of London from it. But you're looking straight at it. No, I'm not. What's that out there? Nothing. It's a pigeon. Look, it's doing that thing with its neck. No, it isn't. Sorry. I just want to make sure I'm not going mad. Are we or are we not on the second highest floor of the post office tower? No. Yes, we are. No, we're not. But the driver you sent all the way to Cambridge for me pointed it out to me and said, I'm taking you to the post office tower, Lady Governor. Professor Wilde, allow me to explain. You and I both work for MI16, do we not? That's right. And as such, we are governed by the Official Secrets Act, yes? Yes. So is this building. So the whole of the post office tower is an official secret? That's right. What about the restaurant on the top? As far as we're concerned, it's just the top of a very long ladder. Now, I brought you here today... Uh, no, you didn't. Professor... Sorry, go on. It has been two months since we parted company with our colleague. Have you had any luck in deciphering the scroll? No. All we know is that it refers to the Beast of Albion, and that 1972 is the year of its return. But since the escape of the advisor, we're no closer to finding its location. But we must have the Beast. The power we could wield through it would be... for the good of the country. Surely this government is more to your tastes? As spineless as the last one. Look at the miners. A firm hand would bring them into line. A firm iron hand wielding a very large... Uh... And don't get me started on hippies. Unwashed oaks bringing the noblest bone in the human body into disrepute. Only with the help of the beast of Albion can a transition of power to the people best placed to wield it be made. We just need to find it. And now we have lost our advisor. There's precious little chance of that. Don't you worry your simple woman's brain about that, my dear. We should be picking up our new recruit presently. Have Dr. Grind prepare himself for surgery.
and just glide it smoothly across the fabric as in figure one. Well, there we go. I think I've got this business in the bag. Come in. Roy, about your scotch ration. I've asked you before not to leave it in my dangerous liquids cupboard. I know you think it should be classified as potentially harmful. Damn right, Lorimer. The only recollection I have of last Thursday comes from those artist reconstructions I had commissioned. Yes, about that. Do you know how much they cost? Roy, something burning. Oh, hell's cats. My cravat. It's ruined. How can I punch a gargoyle in the eye with a great big hole in this? What are you doing? It's something called ironing. Never heard of it? Yes, but why are you doing it? Back in the old days, I loved ironing. I had a Swedish girl come and sort it for me. Oh, Mr. Steele, I have got to grips with your trousers. <laughs> I try to do the voice, but it's not the same. Yes, well, what with your divorce... Yes. ...and your wife taking your flat and all your money... Thank you. ...you do need to make cutbacks. Let's not go down that road again. You remember that drinks party? Mm. When you said blue nun to me, I thought you meant... The door? I didn't think you were expecting anyone. I'm not. Right, I'll get that, shall I? Hello? Oh, hello, my dear. Um, can I help you? Oh! Hmm. Well, this doesn't look too bad. Maybe I can use it as a lasso for tiny horses? Lorimer Chesterfield, did you just close the door on a giggling woman? If living with me will teach you anything, it's... Sir Maxwell. Good morning, Professor Chesterfield. There's something different about you. I can't quite put my finger on. It's... No, I, I don't, no, 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 I'm getting there. It's Roy, Sir Maxwell? Ah, I remember you. You're the broke one, aren't you? Where do you keep the lanky one? I'm here on business. Didn't you just see him in the corridor? He was just talking to a lady. Perhaps they went out? I saw absolutely nothing, and I should know these eyes are the best in the business. I won them in a card game. Suki, stop looking out of the window and fix me a drink. You want a drink, Roy? You're looking very thin. No, thirsty, that's the word. Suki? I think she's seen something, Sir Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a gander. Oh, what? Ah, it's just that nurse we passed in the corridor. But you said the corridor was empty. Nurses don't count! Oh, yes, they do, Sir Maxwell. And whoever she's wheeling out there is a very lucky fella. Hmm. Colonel Dolby, what is the meaning of this intrusion? Do you have no understanding of the delicacy of my work? Do you know how difficult it is to sew the wings of an eagle to a cow? Now, really, Doctor? Think of it. Food production would be revolutionized. With just a flick of its wings, we can send beef across the globe. But a cow is significantly heavier than an eagle. <laughs> you pen bushes. You have no imagination. Oh, I think I have imagination enough for both of us, Doctor. When we find the Beast of Albion... Always with your Beast of Albion. And who will find it for you, huh? You've already lost my last pet. Your advisor. And she was a beauty. My finest creation. Dr. Grind, you're being handsomely paid for your own work. I do not think it too much to ask that you do something for the country in return. And... What is it you've brought with you? This is Professor Lorimer Chesterfield of London's London University. What? You've heard of him? The author of the ancient mythology of Central Europe? Yes. The Seven Signs of Possession? I believe so. The Spotter's Guide to British Demons? In colour? You've heard of him, then? Heard of him? Why, Colonel Dolby? 
I covet his mighty brain. Think what secrets are contained within its spongy mass. Please, let me remove his skull now. His brainular matter is vital to the success of your work. No. No? No? What is this? No. At least allow me to open him up and take a little peek. Just a tiny peek. I won't prod it or anything. Dr. Grind, we are still gentlemen. And as gentlemen, we owe Professor Chesterfield a chance to help us willingly. And if you won't... Then you can slice out his brain and stick it in a dog. See how many books he writes then. Oh. He's coming around. Roy, did you make me a Scottish tea again? My head feels like... Where am I? Good evening, Herr Professor. Where am I? It smells like a Blackpool bed and breakfast. And why am I strapped to this stretcher? Relax, Professor. Let the effects of the anaesthetic wear off. Anaesthetic? What's going on here? Is this some kind of a prank? Did Professor Chenard put you up to this? Forgive us the dramatics, but we really do need your help, and this was the only way we could secure your assistance. Allow me to introduce my colleague. I know his face. Hans Grind, the infamous Backstreet Butcher of Berlin. Even here, the lies about me are known. I heard you removed a man's feet and replaced them with a pair of hands. The hands of a murderer. Yes, that one is not a lie. It is true that Dr. Grind's methods are a little unorthodox. But these are strange days. Days that require unorthodox minds. Minds like yours, Professor. Come, Hans, release him from his bonds. There is much to discuss. <coughs> well, I've been through that nurse's cottage with a fine tooth comb, and there's no sign of Lorimer. Did you have to be gone so long? There were a lot of nurses. Yes. Well, next time, wind the window down a bit for me. This is hopeless, Sir Maxwell. Mm. Is Suki sure that Lorimer's in trouble? Perhaps that was his mystery woman. I've been teaching him all I know. Roy Steele, stop talking with your face. I keep Lorimer around to do the difficult bits and sigh a lot. I can't have the two of you doing the you bit. Are you saying Lorimer's the yin to my yang? The what did you say? Are you saying we're like two sides of the same coin? The two sides of the same what? Are you saying that he's my balance? I think you're talking figuratively or something. I'm finding it very unsettling. No. What do you mean, no? Think of the power in our hands. A just, ordered society. Efficient transport. Haircuts! And you think this beast of Albion will help you get it? Colonel Dolby, Dr. Grind said I would find you here. Professor Wilde, I want you to meet Professor Lorimer Chesterfield. He's the new recruit I was telling you about this morning. I won't work for you, Colonel. I much prefer hunting monsters. You know where you are with a pair of fangs. Hunt monsters for me! If I can't convince you, perhaps she will. She might be a woman, but she's also a man of peace. Professor Chesterfield, I know the Colonel's ideas must seem unorthodox. But he's right. Our society has become corrupt. It's like a bin. You can only fill it up so much until you need to get someone to come round and empty it. Maybe in a van. And you see the Beast of Albion as some kind of hairy bin man? If you like, yes. Yes. A public servant. Albeit one with immense and legendary powers. But you don't even know what the cost would be. 
I doubt you can pay it off with a nice pension. What do you know of the Beast of Albion? Only what has been written and passed down in legend. The Demonomicon talks of a giant winged creature that would sweep across the British Isles and bring down a fiery vengeance. But there's also tales that say after the Beast of Albion came upon the land, the people joined together and became more ordered and peaceful. Well, yes, but they only joined together because someone had just burnt their houses down. The Beast's legend might be incendiary, but its powers stretch further than a few fires. Professor Wilde showed me a text that spoke of the Beast of Albion granting great powers to its chosen followers. Followers who would then unite the people. One people under the Beast. A friend of mine would consider that a horrifying notion. What? Sorry, it's my lodger, getting me into bad habits. But what do you need me for? It looks like your followers already know as much about the Beast as I do. We know of the Beast, but not its location. Six months ago, I came into possession of a scroll, dating back to the time of the Viking invasions. I believe it will reveal to us the resting place of the Beast of Albion. So why don't you just use that? It's in a runic alphabet, so old I cannot yet decipher it. We had an associate who was helping us track the beast down, a colleague of Dr. Grind's. Unfortunately, she... Um, left us. As a monster hunter, you are the one man in Britain best placed to find the Beast of Albion. With your mighty brain and your abilities... But I don't know where the beast is. Baffle gab, Professor. I can't abide time wasters. They'll be the first to go when I've got the beast. You must know where the beast is. Your reputation at the university. Your work with Roy Steele. I'm sorry to disappoint you, my dear. Professor Chesterfield, I want to show you something. Open the door behind you, please. My God! Curious, isn't it? Curious? Why would you put wheels on a python? A question best put to Dr. Grind. When you see him. No! Professor Wilde, I would be grateful if you would fetch Dr. Grind back. Colonel Dolby, please! There must be another way! In the struggle for peace, I am afraid there will always be casualties. Now go! You can attach all the wheels to me you like, Colonel. I can't tell you what you want to know. I think Dr. Grind was thinking more along the lines of a harvest. Since we parted company with our associate, he has very much wanted to play with another human brain. And who better than yours? Mm, and what do you call this one? It's a bottle of something, I don't know. I found it in one of Lorimer's cupboards, but don't worry. I'm sure it's perfectly safe. Don't touch the bit where I spilled some. I think it's melting. Are you sure this is the most valuable use of our time, drinking from unlabeled bottles? Suki is worried about Lorimer's safety, and I'm inclined to agree with her. Yes. Sir Maxwell, are you all right? Mm. You seem to be making sense. Yes, I think I'm drunk. Oh, I find this faintly disturbing. I think we need to stop drinking, Roy. We need to resume the search for Lorimer. No! Mm. That's just what they'll be expecting us to do. Ah. You're making sense. Are you saying we should keep drinking? Yes! One of us needs to be the brains behind this, and right now it's you. Mm. So keep drinking, Sir Maxwell. Lorimer's yeah. life depends on it. Yeah. So many doors in this laboratory. Must be another way out of here. What's behind this one? Oh dear, that's just not right. I never wanted to see what a horse looked like if you attached a giraffe's neck to it. Oh, it's you, my dear. Come to prepare me for surgery? 
You know they want to amputate my brain. Why don't you tell us what we need to know? Because I don't know it. My brain is like a Littlewood's catalogue of monsters and legends, all safely stored in my head. If I had forgotten the whereabouts of the Beast of Albion, I'd remember it. All we want is peace, Professor. Peace and equality. And you'll get it. You'll be equally prepared for a swift journey down that thing's gullet, like a human pate. The talk of people, Larders, is just a... a mistranslation. How can you ally yourself with a maniac like Grind? You must know the stories. You know he wants to fillet me. We're fellow scientists. I know. But what can I do? Call my flat. Get Roy Steele. No. Help us. You could be useful in the new order. And how much use would I be when I'm just a brain, sat in a tank like some kind of spongy fish? Here, take my card. Call him. I... I don't know. Ah, there you are, Professor Wilde. Dolby was looking for you. I just came to see if I could convince Professor Chesterfield. Nein! No more of this convincing. It is taking too much time and it bores me. Less talking and more kniving. Now, get out. Goodbye, Professor. I hope we'll meet again. Oh, you'll meet again, all right. Once I've transplanted your brain into the body of an owl... Hello, Sir Maxwell House on the phone. Sir Maxwell House speaking. Can I speak to Roy Steele, please? Uh, no, he's drunk. Can I take a message? Just tell him that if he wants to save his friend, he's got about 45 minutes. Uh. That's the amount of time left before his brain ends up transplanted into something hideous. How hideous are we talking about here? Squid Man? Fox? I don't know. Uh, Please, if you want to save Lorimer Chesterfield, take down this address. Listen, we're in the abandoned wing of London's London Hospital. Now you must go... Uh, No, Mother, I'll speak to you soon. Professor Wilde, we're waiting for you. Someone needs to mop Dr. Grind's brow during the fiddly bits. You're a woman, so you seem suited. Now, hang on a minute. You do want to show your loyalty to the great cause, don't you? I wouldn't want to think you were a danger to us... A telephone call, for example. To your mother. I'm told you ladies have them as well. Uh, yes. I told her not to wait up. I'm so glad. Before we begin, I thought you might like to see the final forms that your mighty brain tissue will reside in. Behold! What happened to the owl? The owl is gone. Never talk to me of the owl again. Okay. So what's that, then? The most perfect detecting machine I could create. The body of an Adonis. And the head of a funny dog. I call him Rex. Is that glue? (laughs) What? (laughs) Do you think that I, Hans Grind, was just glue the head of a funny dog to the body of a man? Yes. Uh, It was late. I had a deadline. As you will soon discover for yourself. What? Deadline. Like dead? I thought you were going to transplant my brain, not kill me. It doesn't matter. Drop it, okay? Sorry. No one likes a nitpicker. Where's Roy? Is that a chainsaw? Indeed. Its metal teeth are hungry, Herr Professor. Hungry for brains. 
Now, stay, stay, on the operating table, on the operating table, good boy, good boy. And you too, Rex. This is some kind of old science building. Is that why you made me wear a white coat? Stop talking and start drinking that coffee, Seal. All right, but only if you have some more scotch. Done. Oh. Oh. Mm. Now, we just need to find this professor you spoke to. Mm. How will we know her? Maybe that's her. Roy Steele? Yes? Thank God you're here. Well, that was easy. I'm wild. Are you now? Well, in that case... Professor Wild. Oh, really? Shame. Come. We must rescue Professor Chesterfield. Where is he? He's in the lab. Mm. He's being prepped for surgery. Oh. Has he not been well? No, Mr. Steele. And he's about to get even worse. What? Come on! Please, don't... You should be pleased. Imagine what you'll be able to do in this body. Like what exactly? Well, you could lick your... What? Have you not finished yet? Come on, get on with it. Wait! No time to wait. But I've remembered where the Beast of Albion is. Stop. What was that you said? Yes, if you let me go, I'll tell you. Tell us first, and then I'll let you go. Uh, all right. It's it's uh, by a big tree in a field. Um, there's, there's a church nearby. Hang on. Let me get a pencil. He's making it up. Don't be an idiot. He can't be making it up. Not with that level of detail. Hold it right there. It's Roy Steele. Damn Skippy. Now untie him. Not on your Nelly. Rex, attack! What the hell is this? It's a man with the head of some kind of amusing dog. Yes, thank you, Sir Maxwell. Ah. Professor Chesterfield, hold still. I'll untie you. Oh, no, you don't, you little hussy. I knew you'd turn against us. Well, as long as there's breath in my bones, I'll make sure that you... Ah. Sir Maxwell! Ow! I don't know how Roy does that all the time. Punching hurts. Don't get off me. Yes, get in, Rex. Go, Rex, Rex, Rex. So who are you? I am Hans Gwein. Oh, right. And you were going to put Chesterfield's brain into that thing. Yes, but not anymore. Oh, I don't know. I think that might be quite funny. What? Yes, look at his little face. Oh, go on, Chesterfield. I dare you. Sir Maxwell, mm. you're sobering up. Ha, poppycock. Think of it. <laughs> Sir Maxwell, any chance of... No, thought not. I've always hated dogs, especially muscly ones. Use the force, Roy. What? Punch it. Oh, right. Fetch this. Hi. What was that? A little something I call steel keto. No. My Alex, my masterpiece. Who's there, there, boy? Roy, you've maddened it. Brian, get away from it. It's going to attack. What? It would never harm me. I am his daddy. Come on, boy. Come to daddy. Oh, oh that's my arm. Play nice, Rex. Play nice. My God, it's ripped him in half. See, that could have been you doing that, Chesterfield. Roy, Sir Maxwell, look out. Rex is still angry. What? what? Sit. Stay. Keep your gnashers off me. You don't want to eat me. I'm no pedigree chum. Hit him again, Roy. What? With his mouth open. Here, boy. Professor Wilde. Rex, play dead. 
Jesus. Oh, dear. Well, that was completely uncalled for. Yes, that was a bit much. Come on. We should get out of here before Dolby recovers. Good idea. You know, someone should complain to the council about this hospital. It's really gone to the dogs. (laughs) 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 Ah, it's good to be home. Ah, Suki, is that soup? You read my mind. Um, I think it's for me, Roy. Oh, really? Thank you, my dear. And where's mine? All right, suit yourself. Right, gentlemen, I've been doing some research into this beast of Albion fella. Really? You sound surprised, Professor Chesterfield. I don't just sit in my office smoking cigars and drinking brandy, you know. No? No, I also make phone calls. And I called Fernandez and made him go to the library. Who's Fernandez? Do I have to know everything around here? Let's just say that someone called Fernandez turned up an hour ago with all this information about the Beast of Albion, and we'll leave it at that. Hmm. Interesting. Is it? Because from here it just looks like a collection of old notes. Does it have girls in it? Better than that, Roy. This must be the most thorough collection of notes about the Beast of Albion ever compiled. Yours and my definition of better are very different. Ha! I thought so! Yes, me too. Thought what? The Beast of Albion is said to be set to return in the year 1972. Ah. Return? From where? I don't know. But we need to find it before MI16 do. Who are MI16? The government's scientific intelligence department. That's who Colonel Dolby works for. That's who kidnapped me. Right. So you cats need to find this beast of Albion. Yes. But you don't know where it is? Uh, no. No idea? No. Not even a clue? A hint? A hunch? No. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, we'll need it. If MI-16 and us are after the beast, we won't be the only ones. Come on, Roy. We've got a lot of work to do. They Stole Lorimer's Brain was written and directed by Peter Davis and Matthew Woodcock. With Matthew Woodcock as Roy Steele, Peter Davis as Lorimer Chesterfield, Nick Lucas as Colonel Dolby, Lucy McCormick as Professor Wilde and the Succubus, Panny Scrivanos as Hans Grind and Sandy, and Simon Kane as Sir Maxwell House. Engineered and edited by Peter Davis. Music and sound effects supplied by Chaotic Creations. Featuring music by Kevin MacLeod. With thanks to Heather Duell, Laura Davis and Emma Gibbs. Visit our website at www.themonsterhunters.com. This was a Newgate production. And so you'd be wearing like a mask, but mm. that mask would be reflective. So right. you'd be walking down the street yeah. and people would look at you and they would see their face where yours should be. Genius. It's metaphysical, isn't it? It's, it's asking course. you to think about yourself. Ah. Of course, it all falls apart because if somebody is wearing a reflective mask as mm-hmm. well and you look at each other, yeah. the problem you've got then is that the reflection is looking at the reflection is looking at the reflection. Yeah. So what are you creating then? What is happening? And how's your wife feel about you doing this at your wedding? She's fine. Okay. She's fine. Oh, hello there. <laughs> hello. I didn't see you creeping through the door. How did you get in our house? Well, now you're here, sit down and listen to us talking to you. Welcome to Hunting Monsters with the Monster Hunters of Monsters. So we're going to be talking today about... Who are, who are we? I'm Peter Davis. And I am Matthew Woodcock. And we are the writers 
producers and directors of The Monster Hunters. And today we're going to talk about Series 2. Series 2. You know, it was touch and go that we get a second series. I know. I know, we had to really convince the money men. We did. We had to go into their sleek offices Mm -hmm. in the city. We demanded a huge pay rise. And did we get it? No. No. We didn't get any money again. I think they said, why why are you in our office? We've never heard of you. Then we went home and we made it on our own. We did. And we came up with this. This This is episode one. Yes, it is. Which is called They Stole Lorimer's Brain. This is the first time we started thinking about actually how having an ongoing storyline like they do on the telly. Yeah, like that began in episode one and finished in episode six. Look at that. It's not just all made up on a fag packet with a bottle of wine. I mean, you know, a lot of it is. Those are important tools of the trade. So this episode begins with us on a mission where we find a succubus in a club. If you hadn't joined us before, it was like saying, this is what the series is about. Mm-hmm. This is, it's it's almost like, I seem to remember us talking about this time and saying it's almost like a mini episode of the Monster Hunters stuck to the front. Well, it's a bit like an old James Bond film, isn't it? It is, yeah. it's like the teaser to that. And then we get into the story proper, which yeah. is, revolves around MI16. Now, Matthew, tell us about MI16. This was your, your doing, well, getting I, this in. Yes, I actually did. <laughs> You'll never believe this. I did some research. <laughs> what? You will all be familiar with MI5 and MI6. Mm-hmm. MI5 is what we call the security service, which deals with the internal things in the UK. And MI6 is the secret intelligence service. But everybody calls them MI5 and MI6 because during the war, there were all these different MI departments. And yeah. some of them were things like escape attempts and some of them were interrogation. And I think some of them... I want to say weren't used. I can't remember one of them that that, that I think was redundant and I thought sounded quite fun was MI16 because it's just a ridiculously high number and it just doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. (laughs) So I thought, why not have MI16 being the bit of the the Mm. British government that deals with supernatural and the unexplained things. So you've got, it's run by Colonel Dolby. Played by a fantastic actor called Nick Lucas. Yeah, he's lovely. Who we've known for quite a few years. Yes. We met at the London Dungeon. London's with a lot of the actors. He's brilliant. Um, Yeah, he's a wonderful actor. Colonel Dolby is uh, named after a character in The Ipcris file. It's a late 50s, early 60s spy novel that's turned into a film starring Michael Caine, mm-hmm. which won a BAFTA in 1965 and is very good. So that's where he gets his name from. There's mm-hmm. also a couple of things. I did some research, as you do. There's, there's certain things that it mentions. I think, does it mention the miners' strike? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's quite staunch in his beliefs and his politics, is Colonel Dolby. And and that all came out of there was a miners' strike around 70. 273, I think. So all that kind of fed in uh, the idea of civil unrest because there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on in the 70s. Yeah, and he kind of says some things that, that are, were actually going to happen later on with yeah. sort of Thatcher's reign. But they're also based at the top of the post office tower, yes. which was quite a new building back in those days. If, you, if you're if you going, what's this post office tower you're talking about? It is now known as the uh, BT Tower, but at the time, oh, yeah. British Telecom didn't exist. The phones were dealt with by the There general. were no phones. There were no there. phones back then. People just had People, cans and strings. And semaphore. Everyone yeah. used semaphore. <laughs> The kids these days, they don't know they're born with their what's up and their... <laughs> so we're at the top of the post yeah. of his tower, which um, we say was, a, was an official secret 
Well, it is, and, and this is the because funny thing. Because this is true. Because this <laughs> yeah. is true. I, this is some more research. Research. It was officially a secret. And until, this was the tallest building in yeah. Britain at the time. And it features in a Doctor Who episode in 1966. Yeah. It's like the, the, <laughs> it's the entire focus of the story is the post office tower. Yeah. Apparently, it's something to do with maps or something. I don't know. It couldn't go on there. And, and its existence was officially confirmed by the Labour MP Kate Hoey in Hansard in Parliament in 19. 19- Ninety-four or something. So didn't so exist until then. It didn't officially exist until nineteen ninety-four. Wow. I'm not sh- somebody. If you want to write in and correct me, then you can try. But I'm not going to tell you where I live. No. You can tweet at us or something. I don't know. So I all these ridiculous funny. things that we've come up with are actually real things that They're happen in real, real life. The beast of our, all of that. Stuff beast of Albion's real, real. Yeah. Real. I th- I felt it kind of grounded it in its time in a way that maybe. I think yeah, it does definitely. Previously, we had the trappings of the seventies, but if you're actually saying. Look, we've got civil unrest in terms of like unionized labor and things like that. I find that quite interesting. So let's move on from things let's that talk were, about were real so to Professor Hans Grind. Hans Grind, played by Panny Scrivanos. Scrivanos, who, Lovely as you might Penny. remember, was uh, Tony Hans, he England's was. richest man. England's richest man. We brought him back. One. They kidnapped Lorimer and they want to take his brain out into the body of a well the head of a, a dog in the body of a man um, yeah <laughs> this is kind of schlocky 50s body horror stuff yes quite clearly and that's where Rex was was born which actually re- results in one of the most violent scenes that we've created with the chainsaw oh yes I'd forgotten all about that Professor uh, Professor Wild who we haven't mentioned yet played by the wonderful Lucy McCormick who is doing very well at the moment she's um, she does a lot of theatre and really pushes boundaries with her theatre. She's an amazing performer. You need to check her out online, but she's been doing lots of things in London and in Edinburgh. Uh, yeah, no, she was great. I, I really liked that character. Yeah. I liked And she the... uh, chainsaws this dog man in, well, in half, I'm assuming. That's what you would do with a chainsaw. And this is also the first time we establish we have a new status quo for our heroes, because in series mm. one... Oh, yeah, of course. Roy and yeah. Lorimer have separate... This is the a, first time it becomes a, a flat share. You know, when you have those scenes, when they're yeah. living in the same flat, I think it's quite nice. Which we really explore in the next In the next episode. episode. So, so if you come back to our house next week just use the door don't go through the window yeah because we've had glaziers in and they're not happy that we're continue. we're on we're on like a rolling contract I know because they just keep you insist on triple glazing which is really weird I like it warm so we'll see you next time for the next episode (laughs) we will (laughs) bye bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.